Epicolidia on Dead Cells, part of SplatterPictures.net. You may notice an abrupt shift from the Dead as Hell Horror podcast, where this show was once known as Reanimation. Here we are now alongside my other home, Dead Air with West Dead Air Nipe. So Dead Cells. Today we're going to talk about Wicked City, one of the seminal Japanese animation from a time where bootleg VHS reigned at parties and in high schoolers' basements in the mid to late 90s. I say one of since Legend of the Overfiend was beyond seminal, and one that I may or may not talk about on the show. I'll think about that one, because we did spend a lot of time watching it and re-watching it, and spent a lot of time since talking about it. Now, Wicked City is a 1987 standalone OVA directed by Yoshiaki Kaohiri, who also brought us Ninja Scroll and Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust, two titles that are certainly on the Dead Cells list, alongside Demon City Shinjuku, another one of those that we watched Stoned on Sugar and Jolt Cola on VHS back in the day. Before I was aware, I was watching his work on Gachaman, or Battle of the Planets, which it was known in syndication. I urge you to perv his extensive credits online, with no doubt you've watched something that he's had a hand in. Unlike many anime, I prefer watching the English dub of Wicked City. The voice acting is actually not that bad. Both versions are equally entertaining, and not much of the storyline is filtered, or edited, or made more palatable to our North American senses. It is also the first way I watched it, so it has a special place in my little tiny cartoon heart. Specifically, the voice and lines of Giuseppe Maillard, who has got to be a bizarro 21st century Yoda if there ever was one. He is filthy, though. Be warned. He's worse than the oversexed old man type. He has no filter at all. He'll say any dirty thing that comes to mind and is eternally trying to get laid. But then, the show does start out with a sex scene less than five minutes in, so... By the end, his power far outweighs his clammy, perverted old man exterior. Somehow, even before the final fight, where he's truly awesome, his personality has rubbed off on you. Take that thought straight to the gutter. Mayart is a 200-year-old spiritualist and magi who is sent to Tokyo to assist in signing a new peace treaty between humans and the demonic black world that exists alongside ours. The treaty is renewed every few hundred years, but this time the radicals, demon types who are not interested in peace, want to stop it. Enlisted to protect Mayart are the special agents of the Black Guard, Renzibiro Otaki is the human male and a damn good and honorable blackguard when called upon. His only real weapon, other than agility and strength, is his gun. He is a salesman by day, a fine job for a single Japanese man who whiles his days away playing mahjong and entertaining female friends. Equally fitting for Makia, as his counterpart's cover job is modeling. She is an ultra-beautiful, super-tough woman from the black world who, lucky for us, is more interested in peace. Her power, other than being super sarcastic, agile, and crazy tough, are demon fingernails that can grow lance-like and pierce her enemies. Picture red adamantium with what appears to be unlimited length and you get the picture. I came for the demonic storyline, but I stayed for the monsters. While awfully misogynistic, recall this is a time when this art was not necessarily intended for North American audiences, nor was it intended for women, necessarily. While the Spider-Woman may strike a special fear into the hearts of men and boys, I dig the hell out of her and mourn her very insectile death every time I watch it. The treatment of women may appear terribly brutal, but there is a sense of gentleness and beauty even in the most horrific scenes. There is an awkward adoration of the female in the form of vagina dentata, giant pussies grown into chests and female monsters that engulf male prey. There is a succubus type that engulfs Mayard into her flesh as if she were made of melting wax. 
While Machia is raped by a demon as punishment for betraying her black world brothers and sisters, there was only the suggestion of a penis as she is bound by tentacles. Fairly typical of cockphobic anime that doesn't want to be branded pornography. While the treatment she receives orally is quite brutal, the resulting rape scene is more erotic than traumatic. Recall she is being punished, and to see her being treated poorly spurs Taki into rescuing her and calls his developing feelings for her to the forefront. If her kind had walled her up or simply killed her, he may well have walked away. There is little blood to be seen. Most of the gore is in the form of bewildering transformations, sexual violence, saliva, jizz, tears, spiderweb-type vaginal secretions, that sort of thing. There are a few scenes of gutting and punching through enemies, but even there, the visceral goo is largely absent. That is not to say there is any lack of gore. It's almost as if you are tricked into thinking you've seen blood when in fact you saw a body ripped in two, light or smoke or spit or something else entirely. Not unsatisfying for the gorehound, though you will have been cheated. The music is very typically 80s with ominous synth melodies and occasional incidental music woven in. The animation style is in line with other Madhouse releases, notably Demon City, Street Fighter, and Ninja Scroll. Fans of those and the near-motion comic-style cutscenes used in the action will enjoy the variety. The color palette veers into blues and blacks, which makes sense given its very dark and futuristic bent. In the film noir flavor, many of the scenes are meant to be dimly lit or overly bright, and the color schemes change to adapt to the ambient light. This is a change from the contemporary horror anime, which I find tends towards reds and browns and more visceral colors. I really enjoyed this one when I first watched it, and I must say it's aged wonderfully. I bought my DVD from CD Universe about eight years ago, and certainly rewatch it every couple years. There's a version on YouTube at the moment, but it is well worth the money. Fans of Blade Runner, Pitch Black, and Aliens will see definite parallels, and if you like a nice fast-paced crime action type feel to your occult horror, this is the ticket. Next, we get back into the 21st century and talk about Dead Man Wonderland because the first episode sold me. I'm catching up on Parasite too, so some input on that will be forthcoming. If there's something you want me to watch, leave a note on the site or SoundCloud. The theme song is Head Down by Nine Inch Nails from The Slip. This is Dead Cells, and I am Typical Lydia. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, or wherever you hang out online.